Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Inspired by true events, a brilliant young mind tells the story of a teenage math prodigy, that's, played, that's Nathan, played by Asa Butterfield, who struggles when it comes to building relationships, not the least of which with his caring mother, Julie, played by Sally Hawkins. In his confusing world, Nathan finds comfort in the predictability of numbers, but after earning a spot to compete in the prestigious International Math Olympiad, he faces new and unexpected challenges. What a terrific film. The film is called A Brilliant Young Mind, uh, That was, uh, and it is directed by Morgan Matthews, written by James Graham. And we're joined today by the director of A Brilliant Young Mind. That would be Morgan Matthews. Morgan, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Um, first of all, let me just say that this is, uh, this is there are a lot of, um, different elements in, te- in the telling of A Brilliant Young Mind. There's a lot of different stories and relationships within this film. Um, I would love to know about the process. It was written by James Graham. I mentioned him because uh, I'm wondering how much collaboration went into this film in terms of your interaction with the, with him and in, 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 uh, writing this. Uh, tell me a little bit about the the how you came to this project and how that relationship with the writer uh, evolved over the course of time. Well, it was about eight years ago um, that I started on the journey, and uh, that was through a documentary um, that I was making called A Beautiful Young Mind, which followed a, a group of British students on their way towards the International Mathematical Olympiad. And I met such a wonderful group of characters um, and I was introduced to this extraordinary competition which provided a natural narrative. And I always felt that there was great potential to adapt this into a feature film. And uh, when I started talking about that in the UK with potential producers, um, it was suggested that I pair up with a writer. And at that time, the only writer I knew was uh, a, a very young man called James Graham, um, who was emerging in theatre, in fringe theatre in the UK, with some some brilliant productions. And I'd seen some of his work, and he was also a friend, a very close friend of of a very close friend of mine. And um, so we got together and started working on the script. And it was a very collaborative process over a long period of time. But James also went to the International Mathematical Olympiad himself um, and experienced that world, and that really fed into the script. But probably over a period of about three years, we worked on the script together. Mm-hmm. What was the first, uh, I assume the first character is, was Nathan, that you sort of, I mean, he's, he's obviously the, the, the catalyst for so much of what happens in the film. But I'm just kind of curious about this process. How, how did you settle into the people that became part of this story? And w- were there one or two kind of elements within the development of that story that really kind of gave this the life that it has? Well, Nathan, in A Brilliant Your Mind, is very much inspired by Daniel Lightwing, who was a character um, that I met uh, whilst making the documentary. And, and whilst there are many similarities um, between them, when Daniel looks at Nathan on screen and 
hears him speak, he feels like it's him speaking. We also took um, a considerable amount of creative license with his story because I didn't see a great deal of purpose in simply remaking the documentary. Mm-hmm. So whilst many of the characters are recognizable from the doc- documentary, there are others who are um, created by us. And then there are also elements to their journey which are uh, which we have been created with, but we were never intending to recreate faithfully the documentary. Um, I just saw that as a as a great resource um, for us. The reason I'm focused on so much on this sort of this your process of putting these characters together because there are a lot of characters in this film, and yet I think one of the the, the strength of, of a brilliant young mind is your ability to be able to bring into the storyline as it develops these different different storylines the the way that they interact with one another and in some ways they some parts of it they don't exactly interact but they're part of they're part of the big picture of this of what you're with the story you're trying to tell uh, and it's such a beautiful balance in this film the way you're able to do that and um just curious for me that sort of the creative process for you as a uh, part, being part of the writing and as well as the directing you really did strike a, a terrific balance in focusing on nathan while making his relationship with his parents his father and we're not going to there's no plot point spoils here we're going to we're not going to get too far into that but the relationship with his father and with his mother uh and and all of that in the budding relationships he develops in you know in, in, when he goes on his travels it's just a a masterful job of pulling all these different elements together and i that's why i'm so curious about how you were able to was this difficult it, did you know this going into the film or was this something that emerged in the editing process but this this balance of these different stories i'm i'm curious how you came to that well i think that we um we had such rich foundations yeah. in the, in the real world and there were many characters um who we were able to draw from um and then i from overall from my experience in documentary making it wasn't just the documentary a beautiful um a beautiful young mind that um inspired a brilliant young mind it was my experience overall in making documentaries and and whilst um we none of us want to give away too much about the film um there is certainly an element of grief in the film and um that is a drawing from other films that I have made and other documentaries that I've made. So in, in terms of weaving these stories together and weaving the characters together, I'm generally drawing from real-life experiences that I've had making documentaries. And for me, it was just important that these felt truthful and authentic and that we were able to care about the characters. And so I hope that through um, the course of writing with games and then and then the shoot that we we, were ma- we managed to inject some of that truthfulness into those characters and into those stories. But I am drawing from multiple different experiences and characters, and I suppose that's reflected in terms of the number of characters that we're following. Um, but hopefully, they all their journeys resonate in a different way, um, but combine to produce something that feels cohesive. Well, it does, and uh, 
it's just a masterfully done in, in all of it. And that's as, as sort of the orchestration of this uh, is just terrific. Um, and we'll get into the acting and the casting, all that, because because that, too, is superb. But I want to remind our listeners first that we're speaking with Morgan Matthews. He's the director of the film A Brilliant Young Mind, and it's opening here in Los Angeles um, this fr- this Friday as we speak, September 11th, and we'll be rolling out across Southern California and around the around the nation as well. So for those listening via the podcast and or live, uh, please be on the lookout for this film. Um, because I have to tell you, I, you know, this film for me, uh, and this is not a, in any way a reflection on, on the people that are helping you publicize the film, but this film has been a little bit under the radar for me. Um, and considering the strength of the story and the strength of the, the portrayals and the people in it, I'm a little surprised I haven't heard more about it, but I, I think this is a this is definitely definitely a, a word of mouth film. I, I think that it's going to do very well as it goes goes along. Well, of course, I hope so. I mean, it was released. We premiered it to the Toronto Film Festival last year, mm-hmm. um, so almost a year ago, um, but with a different title. And it was released in the UK and around Europe with a different title. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to some extent. It's a, it's a small film, but I hope it's a small film that can reach a bigger audience. Um, and uh, I, I, I imagine that it may be a word-of-mouth film, and hopefully that it will build over time. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm confident in saying that, because I can't imagine seeing this film walking out with uh, a positive feeling and there's a lot of reasons for saying that not only is the filmmaking the writing the performances and the storyline i again i think uh and i want to ask you in regard to this this sort of you taught you touched on your documentary background as a filmmaker i'm just curious how that trans you mentioned in some ways you already answered this question but i'm kind of curious a little bit um in terms of the 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 actual impact it had on this film being a documentary filmmaker in the past did that give you uh, an ability to kind of see storylines emerging being able to juggle different storylines as, as a documentary filmmaker you're not sure what's going to happen the next minute let alone down the line is that something as is, does that sort of hone your instincts in developing a story and a storyline when you're when you're doing a narrative film well i think there were I mean, firstly, there are many similarities with making um, drama compared to documentary. And um, it, the, obviously the scale is very different. And for me, going from working with a very small crew and often shooting films myself to working with a very large one um, in a very structured way was, was quite a transition. But there are really very many aspects of the process that are, that are similar. Um, and you're still standing, telling a story at the end of the day, and you're often using the same means to do that. And actually, with a documentary, although you're not, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen, um, you're still crafting a narrative, and you're still um, essentially manipulating a situation as a director. Um, and manipulating might sound like a dirty word, but it, it's not. It's just that you're creating the right conditions or an environment and, and trust between um, you and the people that you're filming in order for them to feel comfortable in saying some things which they might not say to other people or, or allowing you in um, because of that trust, mm-hmm. trusting you with their story and to create those conditions where they feel comfortable in doing that. And actually I, I found working with actors quite similar 
and understanding how to get the best performance out of people something that I think I brought with me from documentary and that might not have been a, a kind of classic training if you like yeah. uh, in terms of working with actors but I think it served me very well um, and then just in terms of uh, the practical way of working uh, often um, much of the film for example is, is shot in, in Taiwan and we were filming in the capital city Taipei and when we are filming in the streets and there's a lot of people around in those scenes that you see in the film, in night markets, in parks, uh, none of those people are extras. And none of them are particularly aware that there is a film going on. We're just walking through the, those scenes, those areas, with, with a, a very small crew in the way um, that I would work when I'm shooting a documentary. Um, and so I hope that gives it a naturalistic and, and authentic feel. Um, and also... In terms of the scale of the production, it meant we weren't hiring 300 extras. Um, and it gives it a naturalistic quality. Um, and I think that in helped inform the actor's performance and, and also um, uh, added a, a naturalism to their performance. And that also was helped by the fact that some of them had the real-life characters um, to draw from in terms of their performance and they were able to meet them and uh, Asa who plays Nathan for example was able to meet Daniel Lightring from the documentary and Daniel was he's a very shy young man um, if you uh, get him in the right uh, conditions in a room which is quite quiet there's not many people around and you have some time to spend with him he's a actually able to articulate his experience very well and he did that with Asa and so Asa um, who is playing a character who doesn't actually say very much which is very challenging yeah. was able at all times to know what was going on inside his character's head because Daniel was able to explain that to him so that informed his performance as well so I think there are a lot of elements um, that we were bringing with us if you like from the real world and a lot of experience that I had which I took with me I was also able to answer, um, hopefully, any questions that anyone had um, because I had been embedded in that real world for so long and I really understood those characters and knew who, that, who they were and I knew what that world looked like, sounded like, felt like. So for all the heads of departments, I was able to tell them um, what my uh, vision for it, if you like, was. So I think that helped too. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I will say that so often in a film like this, because it's very much a, 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 hum, a film about humanity, about the humanity and all of these different people and, and the impacts of things that have happened in their life and how it continues to sort of resonate within their lives. And I, I have to say, for me, there's kind of a, kind of a, a way that I, I will look at characters when I'm watching a film like yours. And... Often it comes down to, is the action of this character in character with what I know of them? Or is it really, is what's happening kind of a, a device in order to further move along a plot point that may or may not feel exactly germane to what they're doing? And this doesn't feel like that in all, at all. All of, these, all of these situations throughout, all of these storylines play out uh, in ways that just feel very... Uh, true to the characters that are that are in these in these situations, and I, I think that's just a, for me that's kind of the mark. That's where 
where the divining line for me for for a film, whether it works or not. And I really do think your your film be- worked beautifully in all in all of those counts. Um, well, thank you. And it's interesting with um, the comparisons, I suppose, between real life and and fiction. Um, but actually, in the documentary, um, there is. The, the, the real ending, what happened at the end of that film, um, we felt nobody would believe that if we put that in the drama, in the feature film. Yeah. Um, it was almost, you know, it's one of those stranger than fiction kind of right. moments. Um, and we felt people wouldn't believe it, or it would feel like a cliché. Um, perhaps. And so we didn't end the feature film like that. (laughs) Um, But that is actually what happened in real life, even (laughs) though I can't give away what that is. Right. Undone by reality, (laughs) Morgan. (laughs) Darn it. No, no, it's fine. It's, again, all of this stuff, all of the storylines, it unfolds in ways that do not betray the characters uh, that we come to know over the course of the film. So however it ends up, which we're not going to get into, is is appropriate for, for what the characters are going through. And um, Asa Butterfield does a terrific job as Nathan Ellis. Um, uh, as you said, not a whole lot to say, but uh, I think one of the things that he, that Nathan's character bene- or that Ace's character benefited from tremendously was the people that you surrounded him with so that it wasn't necessary for him to be as emotive as we're used to seeing in in certain characters so you have a, a people around him who tell us so much about him as 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 a as a character that he benefited tremendously from that mm. um well, I- go ahead no, I, I just think we were very lucky, and I was very lucky to be working with such great actors. Yeah. Um, and Rafe Spall, who plays uh, Nathan's tutor, yeah. um, brought such uh, such comedy, actually, to the film. Um, and it was wonderful. He's, he's a very funny man, naturally. And um, I almost didn't realize how funny the film was. I don't think it's a comedy, mm-hmm. but... There are some laughs in there, I hope. Right. And when we premiered at Toronto, and the first time I watched it with an audience, and to hear uh, the whole crowd laughing was a wonderful experience. Um, and I think that's largely down to Rafe. Oh, yeah. And then Sa- Sally Hawkins obviously brings so many layers of emotion exactly. uh, to the film as well. And then the other young cast that surrounds Asa, um, some of those, most of those, in fact, are, are not very well-known um, actors, but I'm sure they will be in the future. So it's a very rich cast to work with. It really was. And for American audiences, uh, there is a familiar face in here, uh, played by uh, Eddie Marsden, uh, his, his character is Richard Grieve in the, in the, fi- in the film, but a lot of American uh, audiences will, a lot of people will know him from the Ray Donovan show is when he's one of the brothers in that. But he does, you did, he's, does a nice job of, I'm not sure it was him right away, and then I realized it was, but he, he's terrific. He's terrific in it. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a relatively, I mean, it's an important role, um, kind of a sneaky important role in, in, the, in the film. I mean, he does, the, the, just the interaction with him and Martin uh, Humphreys and their past relationship is, is a very, very telling part of the film. Um, and, I, and I really felt like, there's the funny, one of the funny things in the film, 
I don't know how to s- say this without giving something away, but uh, but <laughs> we're uh, dancing around. Yeah, the, but uh, but yeah, but Nathan has has issues so. with with prime numbers, and there's a scene where he's sitting in the park uh, about to eat something with uh, uh, with Joy Yang's character Zhang Mei, Zhang Mei, and uh, and <laughs> he can't eat something because it's not in a prime number. I love that little scene. I just thought that made me laugh a lot. From uh, you know what I'm talking about. I hope. Absolutely. Yeah. I think James Graham particularly had, um, he, uh, James the writer, he had such a fantastic way of introducing math uh, into the film um, in either a subtle or metaphorical or yeah. explicit way, um, which blended perfectly. And I, I just, he, there were some wonderful moments and some wonderful writing in the film um, where he's managed to embed the math in the film without it feeling like this is a film about math Um, because it's a subject which is inherently challenging, particularly for me. And when I went into this world, um, one of the things that struck me was how extraordinary these young people were because they were able to tackle math of such complexity that it was, I mean, I couldn't even think about understanding it. Um, And yet here were these young people who were able to tackle it. Um, But they were also, some of them that I was filming with, um, finding what we might consider simple aspects of life very challenging. So it was a really interesting time to be with them. Yeah, and in the couple of minutes I've got left with you, I, I, I have to, by the way, we're, we're speaking with uh, Morgan Matthews, who's the director of the film, A Brilliant Young Mind, opening in Los Angeles here today on, as we speak on September 11th, 2015, and it will be rolling out across Southern California and around the country um, as, as uh, time moves on, and it will be, you'll be hearing people talk about it if uh, those who go to see it will tell you to go see this film. I could spend practically the entire interview talking about how much uh, I love Sally Hawkins as a performer, and this this is another great performance on her part. Um, and I think she brings so much nuance and so much uh, emotion to the roles, uh, her roles generally, her ability to bring you into her internal do- worldview and What's going on inside of her is just remarkable, and I think she does a fantastic job in this film, uh, playing the part of, of uh, Nathan's mother, Julie. Uh, and Sally is uh, an absolute pleasure to work with, and um, really lives the role um, and feels the role. And that, when you're with her, that feels absolutely genuine. Um, so I was very lucky to be able to work with her. And and her character is is in besides the fact that Nathan is in well she's kind of the thread throughout the different storylines that pulls pulls all of all of them together in in ways uh, in terms of telling the story she uh, she and she really is terrific I I'm just a big big huge fan of hers I'm thrilled to see her in anything um, so well I. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this film, A Brilliant Young Mind. I just think uh, it's it's wonderful. And I'm um, now. Are you? Are you? Have you been to the United States to, to promote the film? Are you doing? Are you? Are you? It sounds like I'm calling you uh, in the United Kingdom. Is that? Is that right? I'm, I'm in London right now, okay. Um, okay. and uh, I'm I'm not planning on coming over to 
the States um, for the release. Well, obviously that's today, so I'd have to get on a plane very quickly. <laughs> um, but I, I will be LA, in LA in the next uh, in the next few weeks. Okay. Well, uh, all the best to you on a brilliant young mind and and all your future projects. I, I'd be thrilled uh, if you were able to find some time to come back on when your next project is ready for the world. Uh, Morgan Matthews, director. Uh, of the film A Brilliant Young Mind. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.